We're in a series now, and just love the way God does things, but we're in a series here at Christmas as a time of giving. We're in a series called The Gift, and we've talked to you all month about certain gifts that God has made available to us. We, we share with you on the first sermon uh, the message on the gift of a second chance. How I many is glad God's the God of a second chance? Anybody besides me needed like second, third, fourth, and we're still in line, all right? Okay, and, uh, and then last week we talked about the God of freedom, total freedom, that we express to you and share with you what it means to not just be free, but to be totally free. And on this Christmas week, I, we're kind of an out-of-the-box church. You know, we don't do things that traditional, if you hadn't figured that out already. And, uh, and so I, I really didn't want to just do the Christmas story, because if you didn't believe Christ was born, you probably wouldn't be here today, all right? And so I really pray, and I said, God, is Christmas, what's really a message? If, if, if you had one message you would want me to share today that would be a gift to your people that could be life-changing and usher us into the greatest year of our life, what would it be? And that was the way I really prayed about this week, about this message. And here's the message that I felt like God really spoke to my heart to share with you. And today I want to talk to you about the gift of inheritance. Oh, we're going to have fun today. Amen. And I'm really, I'm praying today. I've prayed hard. I went away for a day and just prayed this week. Just got a day away and, and just really got along with God because I believe God's going to change many of your lives today. There's going to be a gift that you're going to open today. How many knows the gift is only as good as if you open it? Amen. Amen. And so there's a gift that God wants to give you today. And to every person that open, it's going to be life-changing. Before I get into that, let me just say thank you. If you how many were at our Christmas banquet? Remember the tip? If you weren't there, a pizza man brought pizza to our children, so we surprised him. Everybody brought extra money, and we took up a tip. He walked in with a pizza, and we gave him a tip of $250, and uh, it blew his mind, and uh, he wrote us a beautiful letter. He found out where we were at, thanking us. He's a Christian gentleman. His daughter had been diagnosed with a very serious illness. Um, he, his wife lost her job the very same week, and they were overwhelmed with debt, and, and he walked in, and God blessed him, and it just let him know that God still has this number. God still has him. And so thank you for doing what God calls us to do. You're an amazing church. And so this thing called the gift of inheritance. Let's go right into the scripture. Get your notes out, all right? And we're going to use the same scripture we used last week on total freedom. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Talking to followers of Jesus then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They, they came back to him, and they answered him and said, who are you talking to? You're, we're Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? They're saying, we don't need that. We're not in bondage. And they excluded themselves from the conversation. <clears throat> but Jesus reels them right back in. And he says, verily, truly, I say to you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. He's saying, every one of you that's got an issue in your life that you haven't overcome yet, you're a slave to that, and you need to be set free. I want to tell you, that includes all of us now. And so he reeled them right back in because the slave has no permanent place in the family. And what that means is you're going to heaven, but you're not enjoying life while you're here. Amen. Uh, yeah, you're saved, but you haven't, you haven't tapped into your inheritance yet. And we're going to tap into that baby today, all right? 
but a son belongs to it forever. That means now and in heaven. How many knows God wants you to enjoy heaven on earth before you get there? He didn't save you so you could suffer until you get to heaven. Go, finally, God here. No, he wants you to experience some of it now, get the rest of your inheritance later, all right? And so what does he say? So if the son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. So last week we talked about total freedom how to become free. Today, I want to talk to you on how to stay free. How to receive your inheritance because Satan has a cycle. And I want, to, I want to teach you today. I want to really bring a truth to you today that I believe will be life-changing for every person that will listen. We find it in Luke chapter 11. Here's the plan. Satan has a scheme. We told you last Sunday, he's not the brightest kid on the block. He's not very creative. He does the same thing the same way over and over and over again. We just haven't caught on to it. And I want to show you his system of keeping you from walking in your inheritance. Here it is. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert searching for rest. So how many got free? Amen. And there was all kind of evil spirits that were coming against you, addictions and anger and mindsets and witchcraft and all that kind of stuff. And, and God set you free and that thing had to go. Come on, anybody with me right now? All right. Well, that happened and it went for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person that I came from. Now, I'm free, but the battle's not over. Because now he comes back and returns that former and finds that former house all swept and in order. He finds you cleaned up. You've repented. You've given it to God. Your house is clean. No more drugs, no more alcohol, no more pornography, no more hatred, no more bitterness. But he doesn't leave and go, no, nah, that house is no longer open for me. He goes and finds seven more spirits more evil than itself and they all enter the person and live there so that person is worse off than before. Jesus is giving us a warning not to tell us that that's going to happen. He's giving us a warning to make sure it doesn't happen. But it's happening in many more people than it's not happening in because they're not aware of Satan's scheme. And I'm going to help some of you today to understand that. Because you're doing good now doesn't mean the battle's over. It really means things are about to heat up. Amen. Satan's coming back against you, but he's not coming alone. He's coming with reinforcement. And if you don't understand that, victory will be short-lived in your journey. And I want to bring some attention to some of you today because there's a cycle that Satan uses Again, because he's not very creative, and here it is, because how many will say, I identify, and I know a whole lot of other people, that here's the cycle. We find freedom, and we get set free, right? And then all of a sudden, we come into this thing called prosperity, and here they are. Number one, the first thing on your notes. Let's just go there so I can save some time. The first thing that Satan does in this cycle or, or that happens in this cycle, it's not all Satan, but the first thing that happens in this cycle is you find freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Everybody wants to be free, right? Everybody wants, how many's glad you've been set free by the grace of Jesus? Hallelujah. So freedom. So the first step in, our, in this cycle is that we really do get set free. God sets us free, but freedom always leads to prosperity. Number two, 
The second step in the cycle is prosperity. And how many found this out? When you found freedom, you found blessing and favor. Come on, how many, anybody? You found like favor started coming in your life. Like my marriage starts getting healed. Finances start getting blessed. Jobs and opportunities start coming my way. It's like the favor of God. Prosperity starts coming over me. But listen, you're never more vulnerable than you are in the place of blessing. Because when I was over here struggling with bondage and I'm seeking freedom, man, I'm crying out to God every day. But now that I'm free, my prayer life starts dwindling. And the word's not so strong anymore because I don't need the deliverance. I'm in it, and I find a place of complacency, and I've never become more vulnerable than that. And in that place of prosperity and blessing is where the enemy comes back. The house is swept, but the windows are still cracked. Remember last week, there's a foothold. The doors are unlocked, and he doesn't come back by himself. He comes back with seven times more worse than the first battle you had with addictions and with mindsets and, and with lies and all of these things. And some of you need to hear this today because you think you're outwitting God. You think you're outwitting the devil. You think you're winning the mind game, and you're not. He's deceiving you, and you just think, well, I didn't do drugs today. I'm okay. No, if you're not in that same mindset you were in when you were pushing your way out, it's not going to be long. You're going to be right back to where you were because you're in a place of complacency, and you're vulnerable to the attack of the enemy and his spirits. Well, I'm doing some good preaching today. The amens are really weak, but the preacher is on fire. All right. Because then it leads to cycle number three. And I really want you to get this because that's bondage. Because how many in here today will identify with me that we do New Year's resolution every year because we've done this cycle every year? That I'm good, freedom, find myself just life, and then right back in the same mess again. But worse. Hadn't done drugs, been clean for three years, and all of a sudden, there they go. What happened? They didn't understand the cycle. Been sober for nine months, and then bam, what happened? Didn't understand the cycle. He didn't come back alone. He came back with seven worse than him to get you to fall one more time. Marriage is good now. We're in divorce court. What happened? You didn't understand the cycle. And I want to help you understand that cycle today, and I'm going to help you defeat it. In Jesus' name, that in 216, we're not doing the cycle again. We're going to receive our inheritance. We're going to walk this baby out. We're going to enjoy every minute of it. Y'all with me today? Come on. You, you glad you come already? Okay, here it is. We got to roll. We got to go quick, all right? So how do I get free and stay free? How do I walk in my inheritance that God has made available for me? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with a yoke of slavery. Jesus wants to set you free today and he wants you to stay free. He wants to keep you free from all of that stuff, all of those things that have been coming back and haunting you and taking control of your life. How do I do that? You gotta understand and here's what I want you to get today. Everybody look at me, even though you're taking notes, look at me right now. I want you to get this. Freedom is not just a moment. That moment that you know God, that you find God, that you find deliverance in your life, that you get saved. Anybody remember that time? That you called out on God? It was a moment in your lifetime that you found that freedom that you were looking for. But watch this today. Total freedom is not a moment. It's a journey. 
Total freedom is not a moment, it's a journey, and that's called discipleship. That moment is called salvation, knowing God, finding freedom. That moment that life change came, and many get stuck right here, and that's why they stay in the cycle that the enemy has set forth of, of all of a sudden I'm free, and now I'm blessed and prosperity, but then I find myself right back in the same bondage again. It's because your experience with God never moved beyond the moment into a process, into a journey of discipleship. But for those of you that will join me today and let's plug into this journey, God's gonna bring some truth to you today that's gonna let you live it out and not go back to that old stuff again. Amen? All right? And so understand this. So I want us to use today an example of the prodigal son. I wanna show you this in scripture in Luke chapter 15, 11 through 14. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. And I want you to get this. So he divided his property between them. Circle that them because we're going to come back to it. It's very, very important. Who is them? The younger son and his elder brother. The father gave to both. All right? Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth on wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a famine, a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. He received his inheritance. He was free from his father's house. I'm no longer under the rule of my father. He received his inheritance. He found prosperity and blessing, but it took him right back into bondage because he lived in the moment, but he never connected with the process of the journey. And I want to show you this today and break it down, all right? So this outline deserves, I wanted to give you an outline, and this one needs to be on your refrigerator the whole year of 216. This is one of those that you need to just stick up there and look at it every morning. Put it on your mirror so when you're doing the hair, got this one, we're not going back. We're going to win this year. Amen. Amen. So how do I break that cycle and enter into the inheritance that God has given me and not just become free but stay free? Number one is you've got to acknowledge that you need some help. You got to acknowledge, I've got to acknowledge, you know what, I can't do this by myself. In Luke chapter 15, it says, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. He tried to fix it himself. He, he tried to be the solution himself, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, when he acknowledged that he needed help, when he came to the point that he realized, I can't fix this by myself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? You see, you will never be set free if you don't first admit there's a problem going on that you don't have the ability to fix. Let me just put it to you in Dan Livingston terms. You may be the master of your pig pen, but it's still a pig pen. You may be in charge, but in charge of what? And until you and I come to the point, I don't care if we're the pastor of this church, we're the president of a nation, we're the king of a country, until you come to the point that you admit and acknowledge, I can't do this alone, I need some help, I will never experience the freedom that moves into a lifestyle of inheritance that God's made available for me. That little bondage thing will keep coming back and controlling and ruling my life. 
You got to have some people in your world. And God wanted me to just stop by today and tell you that the greatest gift he has to give you is not just salvation, not just deliverance, but it's a journey of living it out and experiencing the most amazing life that you could ever imagine, one filled with freedom, purpose, reason, destiny, and a whole lot of fun. Come on, how many is ready for a year like that? Come on, really? And just really connecting. And, and we do that. That's, that's why we have small groups. And in February, we're going to kick off the largest number of small groups we've ever had. Why do we push small groups so much? And I don't care which one you're in. But listen, I, I don't even care what the topic is, what the theme is. I, it doesn't matter if it's shopping, movies, if it's weightlifting, shooting guns. I don't care if it's marriage, whatever it is. The purpose of those small groups is for you to build relationships with somebody that you get into a group. Here's what happens. You get into a group, you'll find people worse off than you. Usually. And you'll find a couple of buds or a couple of ladies over there going, well, they look worse than me. Hey, guys, can we meet after this? Because we need to hang out some, get to know each other. Let's help each other out. Amen. You find some accountability partners in a small group, and you start getting fixed because you realize, I can't fix me, but God's got some people that can help me. You've got to come to a point that you need help. We've got 21 days of prayer and fasting coming in January, starting on January 3rd. I am so pumped. I wish we could start today. I really do. I am so ready for these 21 days, and this place fills with people every morning. I want you to lay those 21 days aside, 6 o'clock to 7 here. There'll be this place full of people crying out to God. Someone asked me the other day, they said, how, how, what, what are you guys doing over there? What program have you started that's causing your church to grow like it's growing? And I just looked at them. I said, you ever heard of 21 days of prayer? Because it isn't the stage, it isn't the preacher, it isn't the messages, it isn't anything we're doing in here on a Sunday morning that's bringing the favor of God in this house is that prayer time. It's the people, and when we can pray at 6 o'clock on Tuesdays and 9 o'clock on Saturdays, we can put all the programs together we want, but if it's not the foundation of prayer on it, all it is is a program. It won't change people's lives. But I want to tell you, there's transformation taking place in this church, and you don't see it in the traditional way in a prayer line up here every Sunday, though we have people for prayer, and we want you to come up for that, but you don't see it in front of everything. It's happening in small groups. It's happening in relationships and people are being free from drug addiction, alcoholism, bondages in their life through relationships, realizing I need help and I've got a partner to help me now. Amen. Number two, you've got to humbly repent to God and to others. We like that God part, but we don't like that others part. Like, I don't want nobody knowing none of my business. More people know than you think. Because what you do in private, God says, I'm just going to let some people know in public. Matter of fact, some of the clubs you go to, the owners used to be clients of mine in the financial services. And they tell me when my church folks come to their bars and clubs. <laughs> Busted. And isn't it funny because my number, I'm, I'm not, my number is a lot of people's got my number and folks have come to this church, you know, and they got an alcohol, drug problem. And we welcome you, man. This is a place for you to be. This is a safe place for you to come and just meet Jesus where you are. No judgment here. Ain't none of us judge it because we need some help ourselves. But it's funny because people will get drunk and the first, they accidentally call me. <laughs> pastor Dan, I love you. I just love you, Pastor. You, you're the best pastor in the world. Then I'll see them the next day. I'll say, man, you were so messed up. How'd you know? 
You called me, fool. <laughs> Happens all the time. But you got to come and realize that you got to humbly repent to God and others. Luke 15, 18 says, I will set out and go back to my father, he said, and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. And I want to say this to you today. God wants you to know that there's two steps in repentance that is followed by true freedom. Number one is confessing to God. Watch me now. Confessing to God is where we find our forgiveness. Confessing to others is where we find our freedom. And if you don't have a partner in your life that you can open up and tell when you're hurting, when you're failing, when you're struggling, when you're in sin, when you're about to, and they'll pray with you and they'll hold your hand and they'll stand with you and they'll not let the enemy conquer you. If you don't have that kind of partner in your life, you will experience this thing called deliverance, but you will never walk out your inheritance of freedom. You will constantly stay in that cycle that we told you about earlier because you're trying to win the battle of life alone. And nobody can win that battle alone. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Talk to God, confess to him. He forgives us our sins. But then he says in James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you might be healed. Salvation comes through repentance to God. Freedom comes when I find a partner to stand with me. Number three is you got to choose daily to resist Satan's lies. Because he's the author of every lie. Anybody had him show up at your door? Telling you everything you're not, everything you can't be, everything you can't do. Reminding you of the stuff in the past. You see, one thing for sure, and I can promise you it will happen, you will be attacked by Satan's lies. And here it is in Luke 15, 25 through 31. Let me just tell you this part. We won't read it for sake of time, but the son has finally come to his senses. He's come back to his father. His father runs out to meet him. You know the story. And he embraces him, and, and he starts just opening up to his dad. I'm sorry I've sinned against you, against heaven, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not worthy to be called your son. The father never responded to his negative report. He never got into a dialogue about, yeah, you're right. You know, you're pretty low. You hurt me. You... No, no, no. He immediately embraced his son, said, I've been waiting for this day. Go kill the fatted calf. Get the ring out. Get the robe out. My son who was lost has now come home. And he throws this massive party for his son and gets the fatted calf out. And all of a sudden, the elder brother sees the commotion and he sends his servant over and goes, what's going on? He goes, you haven't heard your younger brother come home. Your dad's all excited and he's throwing a huge party. And the elder brother got mad. He got upset and he runs to his dad and here's his response. He says, but he answered the father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. That's a lie. He had. And then he goes on and says, and you never gave me even a young goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. Remember Satan, you can't believe the lies of the enemy. Remember that first scripture I shared with you where I showed you that the father divided the inheritance between them? Amen. The Jewish custom is this, that when the father gave the inheritance to his children, the elder son received twice as much as anyone else in the family. 
And so on that day, this son who's talking, saying, you never even gave me a goat, received two-thirds of the inheritance on that day that the father gave it out. He's already forgot the blessing and listening to a lie. And how many times in the midst of our struggle do we forget the blessing and we start listening to the lie? How many times in our marriage, in our health, in our life, in our addictions, and all those things that God has freed us from, and we're going forward in life, and, and we found the freedom, and we're living in the prosperity, and then all of a sudden the enemy comes and seven times more evil spirits to attack us, and he starts reminding us of those lies that, you remember that word that was spoken over you, that you'll never be worth anything? That you'll never amount to anything? He reminds you of that abuse that you suffered as a teenage girl or, or that attack that you went through as a young man. And he reminds you of the mistakes that you've made and, and the bad choices that you're guilty of. And he'll come and throw one lie after lie after lie after lie because if he can begin to get you to see you as he sees you, you'll no longer see yourself as God sees you. Amen. And you've got to come and stop listening to the lies of the enemy that wants to come and speak negative over your world again, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I'm not an alcoholic struggling any longer. I used to be an alcoholic, but I've been set free by the power of the grace of God. I'm no longer a, a pervert. I'm no longer a person bound by pornography and, and sexual addictions, but I've been changed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ that still has the power to save lives today. I'm no longer that person that used to go out and do the things that violate the word of God. Though I'm not perfect, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And no weapon formed against me today will prosper for my weapons are carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of the stronghold of my enemy. You've got to come back and no longer listen to the lies of the enemy. This message isn't to come and beat you up if you've fallen in that cycle. It's come to give you a word today that says you don't have to fall again. You don't have to mess up again because we've all been guilty of falling in the cycle. And any person that tells you they haven't need more help than you. That was worth coming to church for right there. See, here's the message in this. Stop making bad decisions out of lies the enemy keeps telling you. Stop making bad decisions. Well, I messed up. I was sober for two years. I fell. Now the enemy wants to come and tell you nothing changed in your life. Nothing, You know, why don't you just go on? You're never going to do it. It's never going to happen. He wants to keep you in that cycle because if you stay in that cycle, it never will happen. But today you've got to come back and go, you lying, stinking spirit. Ain't happening no more. I'm a new person. In Christ Jesus, my Lord, I'm breaking that cycle. I'm moving beyond my freedom, and I'm entering in to my lifestyle of inheritance in Jesus' name. You got to make that choice. And here's the father. He said, my son, the father said, and I want some of you, I want you to look at me again. I want you to look at me. Here's the response of the father. When the son said, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. How many has been running to Jesus? Keep telling him that. You keep talking yourself out of your inheritance. I'm not worthy, I, I, I can't, it's, it's for those, it's not for me. I, I. And here's what the father told the son that had that same attitude. Everything I have is yours. 
Boy, somebody needs to get that right now. Everything God has right now, I don't care how you messed up, no matter how many times you messed up, no matter how bad, not even last night, it's okay. Today's a brand new day. Here's what God wants you to hear. Everything he has is your inheritance today. Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. Blessings are yours. Marriage strong is yours. Finances are yours. Health is yours. Everything heaven has today is yours. If you'll quit listening to the lies of the enemy, stop seeing you as you see you and start seeing you as God sees you because it's totally different. Come on, can we give him thanks for that in Jesus' name? Last of all, the last point I want to give you is you got to choose daily to receive God's truth. That's why I want you to stick this one on your refrigerator. Put it on your mirror. Because you got to choose daily to receive God's truth. And here's the story again. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. Three things that he said to bring. I want to go over them with you because God wants you to have them today. He said, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and put sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine who is dead and is alive again. was lost and found. They now celebrated. He gave everybody the fatted calf, but he gave the son three items. And I want to share them with you today because God wants you to leave here with them today. Number one is the robe of righteousness. He said, go get the best robe. And the best robe you can have today is a robe of righteousness. And and why is that so important? Because the word righteousness here in in the sentence and in the context means the way you view yourself. Look it up. I did some study. It's not about God's righteousness. This is put on the robe of your righteousness. How you view yourself. He that knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That, That today you put on the robe of righteousness and you see you as God sees you because when God looks down out of heaven today, he doesn't see Ryan Teague, the guy that used to be on alcohol, the guy that used to be out there all messed up. He sees the righteousness of God in Christ because Jesus already paid the penalty. And so Pastor Ryan doesn't have to live in the old man. He gets to now minister out of the new man because... He has on a robe of righteousness. Now, he can disqualify himself every day and go, I can't do this because of. Or he can say, I'm a brand new person in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. And and many of you need to get that today. God's got a new robe he wants to put on you. You ever been to those hotels that's got the good ones? Somebody else paid for it, right? I got a gift. They sent me to a big, nice one, all right? But we've been blessed by some places, you know, and, and, and we'll go and, 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 you know, we were blessed with a free trip to Hawaii. I won with my finance company, and we go into this place. It was $800 a night, a room. We didn't pay for it. It was free, all right? But the robes cost more than my suits. And I wore it when I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? Just a... I could get used to this, all right? That's what God's saying. You know what? 
Get that robe on you're not used to wearing. Some of y'all need to let that get in here right now because God wants many of you to start wearing that robe of righteousness that you never felt you were good enough to wear. You never felt you would have that opportunity. You've messed up too much. You've failed too much. You've hurt too much. You've been wounded too much to ever experience that kind of life. No, God's got it ready for you today. And the gift is yours is in a box. All you've got to do is open it and put that baby on. Number two is a ring of authority. You got to get this. I got to wrap up. You got to get this. Because in those days, their rings was their signature. And they had a ring that had their family emblem on it. And they would stick it in clay and pull it off. And there was their contract. Their ring was a credit card. <laughs> That's not good. But anyway, <laughs> financial services, credit card, not good. All right. But their ring was their authority. Their authority was in that ring. And God, he had hawked his ring. He had sold his authority. He had sold his name. He had nothing so when the father gave him his ring back, he didn't just put a ring on his finger. He gave him the family signature back. Whew. Yeah, some of y'all need to get that one right there. Because you're going to wake up in the morning and guess who's showing up at your house with seven more evil spirits going, I'm coming back in. And you're going, Satan, you're a liar. You have no authority in my house. And he's going, oh, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. Satan, I pronounce the word of God against you. I'm not going anywhere. You can't make me leave. You can't make me go anywhere. And you just keep pronouncing the promises of God. Stick your ring in his face. He's saying, I ain't going nowhere. You can't make me leave. And you're just going to pray him right out your house. Because he's going to keep telling you what he's not. But you need to keep declaring who you are. And in Christ, I've got the ring on, my friend. I've got the authority of God in my life, and you need to stop listening to that lying spirit of the enemy telling you what you're not and what you can't be and start declaring the authority of God's word over your life. I am who I am because he says I am. Number three, people ask me all the time. I had this happen this week. They, someone came to me. They, I was in a store, matter of fact, and they come in there sharing this stuff with me. They said, Pastor Dan, will you pray for me? I said, no. They looked at me real funny. I said, I won't pray for you, but I will agree with you. Because you're asking me to pray for you means that you don't believe that you can do it yourself. And I shared this sermon with that one in the store like, you got your own ring, sister. Let's put our rings together because when two or three come together. See, some of you need to get your own ring and quit depending on somebody else's ring to get your answer. Because Jesus has a ring for you. You may have hocked it. You may have lost it. It may be out in a pawn shop somewhere. But he's got you a brand new one. You just got to open the box, put it on. Last of all, he gave him shoes of peace. You see, in the biblical days, unless you had wealth, you, you walked barefoot. Shoes was uh, made only for the wealthy. There was a tradition in the Jewish culture that they would have a, a water at the door and they would have a servant. His job was to wash the feet when they would come in the house. Here this prodigal son shows up one day with bloodied, dried, broken, pig feces feet. Stinky. Nasty. His father said, get that bowl of water out. 
get somebody and wash the feet of my son, clean him up. But don't just do that, but put some new sandals. You know what the word sandals there represent? Comfort. He's been living in hell. He's been living in filth. He's been alone at night. He's been by himself. Feels forsaken. Feels unworthy. But I want him to feel the comfort of being home. I've got a word for some of you. You've been alone too long. You felt forsaken too long. You fought too hard by yourself too long. You got a family sitting around you right day. You you don't have to travel anywhere to find your family. Just look around you right now. Because we've all messed up. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us righteous, including the guy talking in here. Not one. But by his grace, by his love, we get to come today and join a family that's not perfect. We're about as imperfect as a church as you can find in this city. But we serve a Jesus who is so perfect and so full of grace and love. Today, he wants you to know He's tired of you being tired. He just wants you to find comfort today. Put on the sandals. He's got them in a, go- in a box for you. They're gift wrapped. All you got to do is open them and put them on. And today, when you get your robe of righteousness, how you see yourself, you get your ring back on that signifies I belong to Jesus again. I have the authority of God's word alive in my life. And I get the sandals of peace. I'm comforted in the presence of God and his family. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I will destroy that cycle and I will walk in a life of inheritance and enjoy the blessing that God has for me today as my gift in Jesus' name. You receive his word today? You receive his word? Let me share this with you. They have a picture, I think. There it is. If you're a first-time guest here, my little grandson, he's two years old. They just diagnosed him terminally ill. They had some pictures made this week, last week. This is one of them, and I found it, and I said, oh, I'm using that. Because in the natural, it doesn't look good. It says, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And I want to say this to you today, doesn't matter what report you're getting right now, doesn't matter how dark it might seem in your world, doesn't matter how impossible your comeback might look, I'm fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. How marvelous are the works of your hands. In Jesus' name. Will you bow your heads and I want to pray a prayer. I want to pray over you before we close. And I want you to just receive this prayer today. Father, I bow today in praise and in worship towards you. Together with my church family, we completely surrender ourselves to you in every area of our life today. Today, I take a stand against all the workings of Satan in our lives. I stand against every spirit of bitterness, unforgiveness, malice, envy, jealousy, any spirit of insecurity, inferiority, fear, 
rejection, self-pity, hate, anger, rage, or violence. I break the power of sexual immorality here today, impurities, adultery, fornication, lust, or pornography. According to your word, we break the spirit of pride, a lying spirit, deception, manipulation, control, criticism, or judgment. I pray against every spirit of arrogance, prejudice, racism, greed, materialism, or selfishness. I break the power of depression and oppression, every anxiety, every worry. I pray against the spirit of suicide. You must go in Jesus' name. We speak against self-hate, self-destruction, addiction, dependencies, alcoholism, drunkenness, drugs, or obesity. Rebellion to authority, religious pride, resentment must come to an end according to your word. Guilt, shame, embarrassment, humiliation, every negative word spoken over us today is defeated in Jesus' name. Every curse, every spell, every witchcraft, the occult, every sickness, disease, infirmity that violates the promises of God's word are destroyed today in Jesus' name. Today I choose to be transformed by the renewing of my mind to believe what God says about me. I pull down every thought and every lie that exalts itself against the word of God. I loose within myself a sound mind, the mind of Christ. Thank you, Father, for setting us free. And who you set free is free indeed in Jesus' name. I receive my gift. I receive my inheritance in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him praise today. Thank you, Father, for your word. In Jesus' name. If you bow your heads with me very quickly, if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I, I know about God and boy, I'm, I'm hearing your word today. I'm listening. And I realize today I'm in a cycle. I'm in a cycle. I'm in that cycle and it just keeps repeating itself over and over and over. But today, I'm ready to make a decision. I want Jesus to know I want you with everything that I am and I'm ready to go for it. And I want to surrender my life completely to you today. Pray for me, Pastor. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I want to pray for you. If that's you, you just lift a hand right where you sit very quickly. Hands going up all over the building, all over the building. I'm ready for that place, Pastor. I'm just ready to make that decision. I'm just ready to give it all to Jesus. I'm tired of this cycle of winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing, winning, losing. I'm ready to win and keep winning in Jesus' name. Anybody else? So join about 10, 12 hands. God bless you. God bless you. If you raise your hand or you did not, you ready to make that choice with God? Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, if I would come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. So right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks and praise. Come on.